Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Foundation by Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton. You're the host. Welcome back. We're back covering season two, episode four, with the best episode title, or at least my personal favorite, titled <laughs> Where the Stars Are Scattered Thinly, which doubles as the Empire's secret phrase to their informant, Dusum, on the planet of Sawena. Mm-hmm. When Bell Rios goes on his little clandestine mission with Glaywin. Yeah. Or, or Glay. Well, I, it sounded like he was calling him Clay in this one, in this episode. Clay. But whatever. Um, I don't know if I have the, the same feeling about the title of the episode, but it is my favorite episode so far. I did really like this one, which is odd to me that I like this one that much because not that much. Like it wasn't a very action-packed episode, but I liked it. Like I, I just I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was able to sit down. I feel like all of the characters have been introduced, and we get to see them all begin their own journeys for this season. And I, I just I found it very interesting. The title yeah. still throws me. Like I, it's hard to pronounce that or read those words in that order. I want to say thinly scattered, but that's just me. <laughs> You know, I think the point you're making that you're hitting on, and maybe you're realizing it, maybe you're not, but it's something we've talked about before. Up till now, the whole show feels like exposition of catching up to everything. And although almost nothing happens in this episode in terms of major movements, Mm -hmm. we're finally seeing the characters we've gotten to know on their personal adventures, on their journeys, right? So you have only really, we get three vistas in this episode. We have Lady Sarath, and we find out where her motive is for all of this, um, her engagement with the king, or just the whole prospect of her getting married today. Mm-hmm. What's rooted behind it is her desire to find out the truth of what happened to her family and her suspicions that Day is the one who killed her family. Now, with that being said, the whole, man, the whole line with, with Sarath, did you catch mm-hmm. at the end? That she is, she's behind, she was behind the assassination attempt. That's sure what it seems like. And up until this episode, I mean, I, I kind of hope I'm right because I had said that in episode, I think it was one where I thought she was the one that was behind this. The mm-hmm. thing that was throwing me was, I was like, well, what is the motive though? Like it, it, something felt off. And we clearly in this episode learn what her motive is, assuming that it is true and Given days and the, 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 the previous Cleons or Emperors, whatever we want to call them, uh, you know, historic patterns of just being very cold and calculated, I, uh, I wouldn't put it past them. Neither would I. It, it coincides very much with what he needs strategically to happen right now. We also find out, well, she's up to a few things, right? She takes her makeup off, her little, her little eyeshadow that she usually has on. Yep. In a way to sort of seduce Dawn, right? She's going for the weakest link in the chain of the Cleonic dynasty, right? She's trying to get information out of him. We also find out that Enjoiner Rue had sex with Dusk way back in the day. So they had like a little romantic uh, hookup way back when. And there's just a giant plot going on. I don't even know if Rue is wholeheartedly for Sarath getting married today or whether she's a double agent or not a double agent, or an agent on behalf of Sarah to just get information mm-hmm. as to what, if Day's behind it. And by the way, 
even if Day was behind it, what's going to be the repercussion here? We haven't had a proper introduction to Dominion and what their power is. As much as we know about them, they just have a large treasury. That's that's the yeah. as much as we know about Dominion. We don't know much more about Dominion. Yeah, which Empire doesn't really seem like they're that in need of money. Yeah. Um. So I don't I don't really know what the full benefit would be there. Um. I kind of think that Rue is on Sarah's side and is helping get information. Like they seem to be really well, like a uh, in line with each other. I, I guess. And you know, it was it was interesting in this episode because I think you made a comment when we were covering the last episode that it's all been about day. We didn't get day in this at all, which was we a got... which was a welcome change, to be honest. Yeah, it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Lee Pace. It's great. He's great. I love Day. Other than when he's killing people, but you know, I, I I did enjoy getting to see a little bit more of Dawn and Dusk, and it was it was done well. I enjoyed it. It was nice. Um, it reminds me a little bit of of uh, season one when we got to see a little more of the like the behind the scenes stuff that's going on. I like it. Yeah. Well, before we get on over to Belrios and Hober's sort of arc in this episode, let's do some housekeeping here. We want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Foundation by Story Archives. We hope you're enjoying our season two coverage so far, and we also hope you're checking out our midweek series on Invasion Series Season 1 as we get ready for Season 2 premiering on August 23rd, just 20 days from now, a little less than three weeks, we'll be getting into Season 2. And the trailer for Season 2 looks insane. We'll probably be doing a trailer reaction at the end of our commentary of Season 1. In addition to that, if you want to email us, we love seeing your fan emails on Foundation or any other comments or messages you want to send us, you can email us at contact.soapbox.house and check out our show notes, our description for the link to our newsletter and our YouTube channel so you can subscribe there. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, help us out and leave us a review so we can compete with the big conglomerates out there like Apple and Spotify and rule the algorithms like Harry rules the vaults, you know? Absolutely. And if you don't know what to say in the review, just let us know what your favorite scene of the episode was. Or or just go to ChatGPT and type a little uh, prompt in there and say, give me a review about my favorite podcast in the world in 150 words or less, and then just copy and paste that in there. Is it just me or is 150 words kind of a lot? That's why I want it. I'm just, okay. you know, self-absorbed <laughs> podcast host, pal. All right, that's fair. It's a fair response. I respect right. it. They've clearly fast-forwarded by this by this point now. So let's get on over to the secret mission of Belrios. At this point, I'm I'm just assuming Belrios's fleet is just a, a giant CGI showcase. He gets all the coolest stuff at all times. He gets this this gun that unfolds like a. Did you see the way the gun unpacked and turned into like a rifle? I did. It was really cool, and. I don't know what the deal was. Maybe it was just the angle that I was seeing when when I saw it on screen. I was like, "Is he about to turn on Glay here?" <laughs> shoot oh, him. like shoot Glay in the yeah, face? Yeah, that's kind yeah. of what I thought. It looked like. I mean, it looks like when when you're when you kind of get into this first person view and yeah. you see somebody start to point a gun at you, you're like, "Damn!" I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> Bel Rios here. He reminds me more of like an old European DJ. Like he looks like a seasoned DJ. Maybe he looks like he kind of looks like Diplo, but if Diplo was like twenty, uh, like twenty years older, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I I actually know a European DJ 
and is kind of similar, a little younger, longer just hair. Just like Barrios? But it kind of reminds, yeah, he kind of reminds me of a little bit. Yeah. I bet you he DJs. Watch, we're going to look this up. It's going to be a fun fact about him. <laughs> he just looks like he chills like in the middle of like an Amsterdam club, just DJing Sipping down there. like scotch or something. Or like the, the Boiler Room, if you've ever seen that channel on YouTube. Anyways. Mm. So, Wena's getting some love in this episode, and it's definitely a more interesting looking planet than uh, our first glance when we saw the Church of the Galactic Spirit uh, yeah. visit them earlier in the season. Not only do they have cowboys, but they got some African tribal. <laughs> like, camels. I don't know. I don't know what kind of. Uh, yeah, they have a random camel. Yeah, I mean, this planet's like a bastardized Earth, right? It's. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I didn't quite write that down on my notes, but I was like, this reminds me a lot of like just random things from earth thrown all together in this one spot yeah well their mission is to catch up with an informant and to locate this package that are that's been hijacked by these uh by these tribesmen here mm -hmm. my whole thing with the package is the wasn't it just a like a funnel like this kind of force field that <laughs> shot them back into space to the ship i laughed when i saw that i was like what the hell is happening right now i i I wasn't. I thought it was going to be like a weapon know, like, like, or what, something. What is that like particle beam thing from oh, Star yeah, Trek? Like, yeah, like, yeah. That's kind of what Scotty. I expected. That's what I expected to happen when they were getting shot down. But we got this really cool like wingsuit that they flew down in, I, which I thought was pretty neat. But the trip yeah. back up was a trip. It, it threw me a little bit. Yeah, I mean... I guess they you, you can't really go the particle beam ride. It's too Star Trekky. You can't just do that. Is it? Is it? Yeah, or, or would it be too foundationy? Right. Like, oh, true. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Thanks. It's funny when everyone talks about the shows and the movies that were inspired by Foundation, yeah. right? That nobody mentions Star Trek. Like, there's gonna be a Trekkie out there listening who's gonna be either pissed about this or just. I don't know, vindicated for having a show that's original. All right. Um, what did you think about the whole mission here? Because they were meant to find out whether the magicians were actually a threat. And really, all they find out is that they have access to personal auras. Mm -hmm. the, that's the bracelet that the, that the emperor used to wear in season one mm -hmm. and season two, I guess, that uh, protects them from uh, any sort of violence to their person. And then they also have jump ship technology. Uh, that's what they call the whisper ships. And um, that's pretty much what they know about this Church of the Galactic Spirit. They also find out about the vault. Mm -hmm. And we sort of get an explanation that the vault is some sort of evolutionary AI. Yeah. It's, a sort, it's a form of technology that's been banned by the Empire, which now kind of explains Harry's sort of quantum consciousness, right? It does. It really does. It's kind of funny that the Emperor keeps banning all of this technology. He's the only one that's allowed to use it. What do you think about this whole Glaywin and Bell dynamic? It's kind of annoying how Glaywin's just like, we can't hurt people, Bell. You know, it's just like, I don't trust Glaywin as a, what has he been doing for six years? Yeah. He, looks, he looks very healthy for somebody who's been held hostage by the Emperor. You know? Has he really been held hostage? I don't know that he that he was right. Like he was told that, um, Bell had died, right, or was killed or something like that. Yeah, I just I feel like he's just been living his life. Don't you think it's a little too convenient? Like he's just been six years in, hasn't found anyone else. 
He's just there. Looks yeah. perfectly healthy. I mean, Bell comes back looking emaciated. Obviously, he's been on a prison planet. Yeah, he's been mining stuff but, who knows how long. But what is Glay? Is he going to be like the pillar of, of you know, of morality for the rest of the show as, as Bell is like the, the barbarian? I don't know. You see, the thing is, I can't really see Bell being such a nice guy in any past life here, right? Like, I think there's many atrocities and things that he's done um, that are just not good. I yeah. feel like they're trying to, like, with with Glay, they're, they're trying to get us to think like there's go- there was something good in him in the past and he's going down the wrong path now and maybe there's going to be like this redemption moment later on and maybe he's like, against the Empire. I have no idea. I think maybe it's just that, get the, that coup. the show kind of like rubs it in your face a bit much mm-hmm. with, the, with their whole story, right? Because you have, now they find a book from the informant and in the book, the story's about this soldier and his charioteer and how mm-hmm. they're talking about the why the reason for war like the soldier wants to go to war and the charioteer's asking why it's like oh goodness gracious man can you just give us their story and their dynamic without telling us that bell is like the warmonger and glay is the voice of reason like mm-hmm. i found that a bit cheesy with the book situation but yeah it was it was a little cheesy you finally say oh i've never seen a book before yeah they're for old men yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old men, for God's sake. I mean, look, there's plenty of books in Harry's library. That's true, but he's also an old man. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that books have been a common thing. It's been th- it's been 138 years, right? Yeah. Books disappeared in the last 138 years? Yeah, the, 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 there's a small there's a few there's, small things in this episode a, that It's a library like, in Trantor off to me. Right, like the books, yes, that's one of them. The other thing is when everybody goes to enter the vault and, you know, Hober's been in there for two days. They're like, it's been two minutes. Yes, yes. And then, and then the director Sir. walks in and I was like, oh, shit, this is bit Like, he hasn't seen these people in like three years. Nope. No, because he walks in so late. But I think the reason, I thought the same thing too, but it's because we're anchored to Polly and Constance timeline. Yeah. So we're seeing time along their side. Cermak comes in shortly after. Yeah. Although I ca- I can't blame Cermak for not wanting to go into the vault initially, considering his boy Jaeger got incinerated. <laughs> yeah, but you just watched three people walk in. Yeah, but you are a vessel of. We find out that it was judgment. Harry is trying to act like a wrathful god, right? Yeah, and Harry, man, Harry thinks too highly of himself, dude. Well, did you notice this Harry in this vault is dressed in black while the other Harry's dressed in white? I didn't think about it till you mentioned it. Um, this that's one, interesting. <laughs> this one's like the dark side Harry, while the other one's like the more human, attached to the human side. This one we find out, he literally says, I have grown detached from physical need. Therefore, he's detached from emotional need. We get all these Gale narratives, right? These narrations mm-hmm. in the show saying how psychohistory don't give a damn about your love story. They don't give a... She talks about like, you only are here because your parents met. And if yeah. your great, 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 great grandparents never met, you also wouldn't be here. Yeah. And then it says, but psychohistory doesn't give a damn about them. So, you have this whole thing where Harry's meeting Cermak, mm-hmm. right? Super condescending, says... You look like you've built yourself a mountaintop to stand uh, to rule upon, right? And yeah. then he continues to say, nice suit. Then he pretty much scoffs at the idea of, oh, we've entered the religious age, right? Yep. And he does a very popish looking gesture to his 
to his child <laughs> yeah, constant, yeah, right? Constant, yep. And then the only person he's really leveling with in the whole damn vault is Hober because Hober's like, this is bullshit, you know? Mm -hmm. And by the way, that mission that he's leading all three of these people on, we already know from the other Harry about the the rule, the game plan for, for the first foundation. Mm -hmm. The first foundation is almost guaranteed to go to war with the empire. Okay, yeah. according to what the other Harry said. That means that this is just buying time. This is busy work that he's giving him. This is a suicide mission for Polly mm -hmm. and for Constant and for Cermak, right? Yeah. Cermak's reasoning of wanting to fight the Empire like immediately is probably wiser than what he's going to do in listening to Harry. And Hober's being sent to probably, they don't tell us where he's going, but we can only assume he's going to meet for the second foundation, if I had to guess. Yeah, but it would be interesting. I had thought that too. I was like, he's going to the second foundation, but then I'm also like, how would he know where it is? Because technically it doesn't even exist yet. And on top of that, you know, I was also wondering, because we also get a, get a small scene in here where we see the Prime Radiant and we understand that it, it's like, what, super positioning or something like that? It's some quantum computer. So it exists in two places at once. Does that mean the other Harry was could have been here too? Mm, no, I don't know if I fully trust this Harry in the Terminus vault. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure, really. I, he did say that the Radiant could be in two places at once. Yeah. However, I would assume because he says a, a stranger, right? Or a, what did he say? A, a ghost a dropped ghost. your name. Yeah. Which means that perhaps the ghost also dropped the location for the second foundation. Well, which is well hold, on, hold on a minute. If a ghost dropped the name, didn't Gail find the name Hober Mallow when she was projecting into the future? Into the future. So if Harry was connected to the... Maybe this is the Harry that's with Gail trying to send this Harry messages <laughs> so that he could try and get these two foundations back on the right path. I, I mean, I don't know. What, what are you trying to say there? I'm trying to say that Harry, the one that's with Gale, mm -hmm. used the Prime Radiant that he was initially locked into to basically project himself into this version of the Prime Radiant that we see inside of the vault. So you think that this Harry, Harry is the one? Harry on Terminus about Hober Mallow, and that's how he knows about Hober Mallow. I feel like that's the only logical uh, explanation that I can think of at the moment. Well, there's an episode in season one called The Mathematician's Ghost, mm -hmm. right? So perhaps he is a ghost of some sort, right? Uh, maybe Harry is the one leaving the message or we know they're connected somehow, right? Yeah. They all but say it in when we meet Harry uh, earlier in the season. But it could have been something else entirely as well. I love Hober's reaction when he walks up. It's pure comedy. When he sees his name on the vault, he's like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great, man. I mean, I think Hober cements himself as one of the fan favorites. And surprisingly, they really are pushing the Constant and Hober relationship here. Like, I, I knew immediately from last episode that Constant had the hots yeah. for Hober, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they're really, the part of Gail's narration in this episode is pointing to 
although most love stories get lost in history and it, they don't really matter in this grand scheme of things, there's a few that stand out. So I have a feeling that this constant Hober love line is going to be something that actually persists. Yeah, I would imagine. So I like we're going to get this relationship at some point in the future would be my guess. Yeah. What do you think of this uh this rat royal guard who's trying to make some money on the side from Lady Sarath who's uh leaking information or trying to go undercover for Lady Sarath in regards to finding out whether Cleon the 17th was behind the death of Sarath's family. Man, if only uh if only this, day knew this guy would be dead. I was distracted by uh by Sarah's earrings. Her earrings. Oh, how big they are? Yeah. <laughs> they look like massive bean hoops. She Am I supposed to recognize this guard? I I, I, I thought we were going to get some recognizable face when he did. They should have yeah. put like a really big name actor in the like <laughs> just somebody like a like Arnold a very, Schwarzenegger. And maybe he is. Maybe that was the reason they emphasized it so much, but uh, he's got a massive, like, what looks like a burn mark scar mm-hmm. or like some sort of like cut scar on his face. Seems to be in a desperate situation that Sarah's taking advantage of, but you got to wonder, this seems to be a really foolish endeavor here. Like Day's going to find out about this. There's just absolutely no way he doesn't find out about this. It's inevitable. I mean, best case scenario here for Sarah is Rue gets her head cut off. Okay. Everybody she knows gets their head cut off. She's forced into like a hostage marriage with Day, and he threatens to blow up her whole damn planet unless she settles in. Like that's that's what Day's gonna do, man. That's what an emperor is gonna do. He said, "You're gonna empty your treasury. It's gonna be all mine. All right. Mm-hmm. And the only thing you get is that I don't kill everybody on your planet. I won't care kill everybody that knows you." knows somebody that knows you yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go back yeah. three generations <laughs> yeah yeah careful zach careful how you're using those those finger motions i know i just killed half our audience like two episodes ago i'm so yeah. sorry yeah um so leading into next episode we're left with hober heading to somewhere wherever he's going sarah continuing i guess yeah sarah continuing her plot and then bell rios probably just taking up whatever lead he has from the lately past Doosome to figure out the mystery behind the Whisper Ships and just getting more reconnaissance done on the Foundation. I think we're going to see Belrios jump to a few other planets. Yeah, I would assume so, but I also think we got to get something from the Gale Salvor storyline because it feels like, first, it feels like Salvor's been a sideshow this season so far. She hasn't done had any major role at all yep. in this season so far. That's true, though. I mean, she really did have a prominent role in the last season over Gale. Like, we got a, a decent amount of Gale in the beginning. Got a few solid episodes from her, but a lot of what I remember in the first season was was Salvor. So, I guess yeah. this is their way of, of balancing that out. But, yeah, I mean, next next episode, I'm sure we'll end up jumping back to Gale and Salvor, the Harry that's with them, and, and Brother Day. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed this one. I think it, it bodes well for the show moving forward, just the way we're going. We're finally seeing our our characters moving in their own footsteps. We don't got to hear so much exposition. They're actually doing things in the present, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. And we got this Hober storyline. So unless Hober goes into a cryopod for 150 years, Hober's got to lead some sort of rebellion like soon. So I think we're staying here for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyways, I think that's enough for the instant reaction. Let's wrap it up. Let's save. Let's save a good bit for the deep dive. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Zach, to your outro. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Foundation by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We are on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. You can take a look at the different playlists we have there for the different shows that we've been covering. You can visit our website at soapbox.house, email us at contact at soapbox.house, and there is a couple links in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter and to submit a response to our questionnaire out there while we continue to build this network. Thank you all for tuning in. We will see you Sunday night at 9 p.m. Until yes. then, don't overfeed Becky. Is that our sign off now? Nah. Do do the do the real one. I think you should do it today. Please respect and enjoy the peace. <laughs> <laughs>